back to another episode of Ales with Aslan. I mean sales with Aslan, Tom. I meant that because we put the ale in sales. We do. We put, you can't spell sales without ale, Scott. You can't. You can't. And this is the program for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I'm excited to have you back to Thank talk you. about, I think, a very important topic. We, I think this will benefit sales leaders, sales reps, people that go to the gym, Anytime you need to build a new capability, we're mm -hmm. going to give you four stages to do that more effectively. But first, what is that that is cold, frosty, and refreshing in front of you? Scott, I have a Iron Monger Brewing Company beer called Billet Blood Orange Ale, and it matches my shirt. My wife gave me this lovely orangish shirt, yeah. and I'm wearing it. Um, and it's got 50, wait, no, 50, no, 50. 50? <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds like I'm already drinking it. It's got 5.2% AB, ABV. And you know what, Scott? I got a big beer here. It's a 16 ounce. This is a piner. This is a piner. I don't know where Iron Mar Monger is. Oh, uh, it's in Marietta, Georgia. That's probably why I bought it. It's yeah. a local beer, Marietta, nice Georgia, and close. which is my, uh, my address. That is nice and close by. Here You've go. gone local. There we go. I love that sound. Mm -hmm. Music to my ears. I'm drinking it out of Duvel glass. All right. Well, while you're enjoying that. Belgian ale. I think, I think you're going to like this one. Uh, oh, I yeah, also yeah. went local. Local to me here in mm -hmm. Rhode Island. It's a proclamation uh, brewing company called Insignificance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love what's happening in the beer. In all, in all product development or marketing, yeah. it's like everything's just so micro. It's just Insignificance. So, so. It's a triple IPA. It's 10% ABV. So if triple, I just, it's a triple IPA. Yeah. If I doze off, that's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I might, I might have to carry us home. You're going to have to carry us home. This is a crushed to the saturation point with almost eight pounds per BBL of El Dorado, Citra, Galaxy, Vic Secret, notes of navel orange, tangelo, and fruity hard candy. I mean, this is dessert <laughs> in a glass. <laughs> All right, I got I to try that. <laughs> I got to try that. Mine's pretty good. It's a little bitter for me. It's a little, I don't know. I needed a little bit more citrusy. I need some of your tangelo and, and hard candy in my beer. <laughs> Who would have thunk to put all those items in one beverage and, and juice it up to 10%. But uh, we're going to make it through. We're, together, we're going to get through this. All right, we're going to. So, all right, great topic. Four stages of building a new capability. You know, let's set it up first. Like, you know, kind of, Describe for me, if you will, the, the, the four main stages, and then we can kind of unpack each of them individually. Yeah, I think why we're talking about this, I think it probably is good for us to sort of visit for a second, is that a lot of times when, we, when we're in a leadership position and we put on our coaching hat and we're yeah. trying to develop our reps, we find ourselves, and this is true for for me, and it's true for almost every coach I've ever worked with, you kind of react to the moment. You see a gap, you react to it. You see a gap, you react to it. And you're constantly bouncing around and providing tips and insights and, and recommendations based on what you saw on the call. And what's most difficult is to work on one thing. 
Right. Right. So we, we you know, we hear four or five things that happen. We're like, oh, we got to fix that. So we're out of, you know, we're always out of time. We got a big team. We have a limited time to coach. And so we just want to fix it all at the same time. But what's helpful is if we step back and say, what's the process that we need to take someone through so that we can get this one brick on the wall? And when that brick is on the wall, it's done. You are done. Let me give you an example. Like, like here's a capability yeah. um, that, that we can probably talk a lot today about because it, it's, a, it's a good example and, a, and everything we're going to talk about can apply. It's like you think about discovery. So discovery is something that can be that brick on the wall that once you start to sell, you know, or you've got, you've built this habit that you're not going to build value before you discover. You know you're going to do that. You know you've got to discover needs. You know you need to uncover what's important to the customer, understand their decision drivers, and identify, you know, the political structure. You know you got to do that. And so once that habits have formed, if your if your team member has that habit and it's developed that capability, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can move on to build value, and then over time, the walls built and you're done. And then management is easy. Yeah. But if you're if you're constantly you kind of put it on and it falls off, you put the brick on, you fall. And then you're just constantly doing that and your team's you got 20 people on your team or 10 people on your team, right? It's just hard. So if you can stop and say, here's the process for getting the brick on the wall and you're, you need to adjust your approach based on where you are in the steps. So that's why we're talking about it today. Um, so we probably should dive in and, and then discuss long explanation, but maybe discuss each stage. Is that your question? Yeah. Well, and I like that analogy of the wall because if you, if you, like you said, if you're just putting kind of bricks in lots of different places and there's no cohesive plan or even base layer or foundation, if you will, right. um, I could see how that, how that word picture kind of holds together. You would really struggle to, to see any development or any results whatsoever. So yeah, let's unpack uh, the main stages and then let's go dive into them, um, you know, each in its entirety. I just wanted to use that word today, entirety. Entirety, well, I like that word. Um, <laughs> The, the triples kicking in. Uh, so first stage is consciously incompetent. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will, will tell you that there's more stages than this, but I like to simplify it to four. Some people will say, well, the first stage is actually unconsciously incompetent. I'm like, we'll skip that. The first yeah. stage of development, because they're unconsciously incompetent, you can't really work with them. But the, the first stage is they're now consciously incompetent. Like they get it. There's a gap. Sticking with the discovery example, they know they need to discover before building value, um, and but they struggle to do it. They're uncomfortable with it. The conversation is not fluent. They ask questions, doesn't go anywhere. People don't answer the question well, and it's just they just don't feel comfortable. And the customer goes in a different direction. They don't know how to bring it back. Um, so they just like to talk and control the conversation. So they, they're like, I get it. I know I need to do it but I'm not sure how. Then the next step, and this is a really important step, is you're going to attempt the skill, you're gonna attempt the capability, and you're going to fail. Mm-hmm, yep. Well, failure is the next step. It's like, think about giving a major presentation. The first time you do it, you're going to fail. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's first time you speak, yeah. it's not going to go well. And why is that important? Because if you know that's part of the process, then it's not gonna, it's not gonna, um, knock your legs out from under you. You're going That's to right. stay, yeah. you can stay motivated. Plus you can limit the failure. You can practice in different situations. You can give your first little talk. If thinking of speaking, your first little talk on 
to a small little group. Yeah. You know, like a group of five where maybe it's not that important and you can practice on your team. Um, I can practice discovery with my manager not versus practicing it in front of the most strategic client I have. So you get the point. The third stage is, by the way, this is where most people quit, is where they see success fluctuate. So they have a little success. So the success, sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not. Mm. And this is where we got to finish the work until we get to stage four, where it becomes a habit. The capability has been developed and there's levels of capability, but the capability has been developed and it's a habit. We, we, we can't build value without discovering first. And so if we can get our team member to that fourth stage, we then can move to the next capability. And if you do that over time, your reps will be on autopilot. Not that they can't get better and not that you can't keep polishing and tweaking, but if you follow that process, you know how to adjust and you know when you're finished and you know when you can work on the next capability. All right. I mean, extremely well set up. And I believe I, I will bring unconscious in, what was it? Unconsciously incompetent. I will be, consciously. I will be no. demonstrating that by the end of this podcast when I become unconscious. You have to move them from unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent. They have to know that there's a gap. That's yes. where you start. And after 10 minutes of drinking a 10% ABV, I think I will be there as well. So, right. As long right. as you're conscious, you got to stay conscious. I will stay conscious. I, I promise. I have to host the show. So I have to stay mm. coherent. This beer is growing on me, Scott. I like it. I Well, good, good. And I'm sure our uh, audience will run out and purchase that one. Um, so, all right, let, let's, let's go each one, one by one with examples and sort of dig deeper. Um, let's talk about stage one. Let's talk about this in, you know, this conscious incompetence that we have, and how we sort of uh, build on that and, and, and build a uh, stage one of this process. Got it. Okay. So the, so the first step, I mean, we're talking to leaders here mm -hmm. at this specifically at this stage, because I don't, I think if, if, a, if a seller rep is listening to this and they, they want to know about the stage of development, you know, this is the, this is the stage where you've got to see, okay, there is a gap. And so if you're not sure, if you're a rep, you're not sure there's a gap, I think the number one thing to do is, is look at what other people are doing. Yeah. And so if they're more successful than you are at some, at something that you're questioning, um, you know, an area where you're questioning the need to improve, that can be helpful to see if there's a gap. But if you're a leader, one of the best ways to help a rep see the gap is ask questions. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this on our last podcast. Together, we sure so, did. Yeah. Is ask gap questions. What we call gap questions. In other words, help the rep see the problem, get at the problem by asking them questions. You know, so, uh, you know, example of that would be like, let's say you came out of a meeting and you observed the rep talking to what you believe is the evaluator, not the decision maker. Right. Well, that's the only person who's responsible for, you know, getting the information, calling the vendors down, and then presenting the top three vendors to the decision-making team. But you see that the rep, right, thinks of the evaluator as the decision-maker and feels confident that exactly. things are going well. And, yeah. and they're not even thinking about it. So instead of pointing that out to them and saying, you don't even know who the decision-maker is, you don't know who the <laughs> maker this potentially what are they going to bubble and so you just kind of derail it's much better for you to ask questions to help them land on that yeah. ask well who you know when the person said this who are they going to go talk to about it and what's the process and just basically asking them questions that help them land on oh 
I don't know who the decision maker is because if they land on that fact, they're not going to argue with the with with what you're trying to get them to see. And you force the rep into this, you know, if I don't have that information, what is the downstream effect of that? And how right. is that going to impact my sell cycle or my relationship with this, this client in general? So I, I love that. And that's, that does, it's a great referral back to the podcast. I think it was a week ago where we talked about Kramer and, and asking George those gap questions. It's a good way to get somebody to come to their own conclusion because Tom, people don't argue with their own data. Data. They don't. Yeah. yeah. If you can, <laughs> it's the, it, it, and it's, um, it takes more work and it mm -hmm. takes more time. It's so much easier to just say, Hey, you don't know who the decision maker is. And, um, you need to find that out. And here's yeah. the question. So, and, and they may acquiesce and look like they care, but unless it's their idea. And so right. this, and what's really important for us to remember when we're coaching is you cannot force people to change. You can force people to comply with some of your rules and regulations in the company, like using your CRM system or being on time or following certain, but you can't make them learn a new skill. Yeah. They have to want to get better. So this is why gap questions are so important is if you can lead them to the promised land through asking good questions and they land on, Oh, I've got the, I don't know who the decision maker is. I'm in jeopardy. I'm at risk. I didn't figure that out. What should I do? What questions should I ask? Now you as a coach can step in and save the day. So um, that's really a critical way to get them to at least to stage one. Yeah. If they're not consciously. Another thing you can also do is to again, have them meet with other people. Mm hmm. You know, so if I'm talking to sellers right now and you're not sure, hey, maybe everybody struggles with this or maybe this is a company's fault or maybe it's a, it's a flaw in the product or solution and you're not sure if it's, you have the gap or um, it's the company's gap. You know, I would say spend time with people who are successful. Yeah. Be honest with yourself and look at what they're doing. And if you go, okay, they're doing that better. They're doing that differently. Then learn from them. Yeah. Well, we've talked about on the show before that, you know, the most successful people are very self, what, introspective. They, they, yeah. they look at ways to improve. They ask for help. They ask for feedback on themselves, both leaders and reps, right? So yeah. go off, go off and, and make yourself vulnerable, which I think is a really good segue to the second piece because we talk about the idea of, you know, creating the safe haven, this, this area where we can fail, fail fast, and, and it and not have a huge impact on us. Um, you know, I can remember a lot of times when you came into, to, you know, my company 20 years ago and showed us that there was a lot of role plays, right? Because that's a safe way to test. I think role plays get a bad rap in the industry. Mm -hmm. People are like, they're fake and they don't like them. But, um, you know, you've got to have a way to practice it. Because like you said earlier, the first time you try something new, you're going you're gonna to have yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. so that, that is a... At step two, again, what we want to do, like you're, like you're referring to, is create a safe environment for people to fail. Yeah. Like so, so and one of the best ways to do that is, is practicing with you, the coach. Yeah. Or if you're a rep, practicing with a friend or a teammate. Or, but practice or practice on an unqualified customer where you're not really concerned about the outcome. But you want to create a safe environment where failure uh, is fine because you're going to fall. Right, you're going to learn a new skill. You're going to fall. You learn it. You if you decide to learn how to snow ski this year, and you've never snow, snow skied before, you're going to fall. Mm -hmm. You know that's you know you've got to get out of your comfort zone, which means you're going to have some 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 spills. 
So that's fine. Expect that. Don't be afraid of it. Don't judge yourself by it. Don't say, ah, I suck at this. Or, I'm not any good. No, failure is part of the process. So embrace it, enjoy it, just practice. And so you want to create, focus on quantity, not quality. Just get up, keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's part of it. Don't, don't say, well, I have, you know, other people are great at this. They're good at it because they've done it a lot. Um, we always think when we see people that are very um, gifted at something, we go, oh, well, that's just natural. No, it's 10,000 hours. Of, that's it. You know, it's, it's, it's practice. It's practice. It's practice. It takes, it's a, and by the way, I'm still, I've been selling for, I hate to mention how long I've been selling a long time yeah. and I still have to practice. You know, I still have to prep. I still have to work on my craft. But, um, so that's the thing about the step two. I think, um, you want to create some, um, you know, safe environment. I think we also should talk, Scott, about the difference between knowledge and skill, because I think there are some different paths. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before we, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess there's a couple things. There's, there's other, um, what's the right word? I mean, we lost a lot in the last year with our, with our lack of face-to-face time that we get with our right. clients. But one of the unintended consequences or benefits has been, more ways to coach ourselves than we ever had before because we're recording in a lot of uh, cases our zoom meetings. Right. Right. Um, you know, and again, you mentioned, you know, try it out on unqualified clients. I love that because like, you know, ask them, obviously you got to ask permission if you're going to record something, but when you turn around the other centered reason, you might want to record it and send them the video. So neither one of you has to take notes and you can actually just concentrate on the conversa- conversation you know, that gets you through that barrier. And then you've got this great recording where you can watch. How did I, ask those questions. Did I do the things that my coach had asked me to try? And, and, you, and you give yourself uh, a great, you know, additional opportunity to, to uh, improve. So I think, I think this, is a, this is a, yeah, like I said, an unintended consequence of, of COVID and us not being face-to-face is technology became our friend in a way we can develop our, our skills. That's a, that's a really good point. It also kind of goes back to stage one, that if you're not sure you have a gap, record your your meeting and listen to them or watch them. I promise you, you'll see some gaps. I I certainly see, even though that's painful, uh, it's definitely helpful to do that. And that's a great way to, um, you know, practice or at least develop is by recording and watching. And then role-playing that same scenario and try it again. Okay, well, let's try it again. So that you presented, you know, if you're a rep and I'm a leader and I'm working with you, you presented that part, that aspect of the solution. You struggle a little bit there. So why don't you go work on what you would say if you had to do it again, and then let's bring it back. Now they can record that um, or you can do it live, but um, I think that's a great idea. I think it's also important to differentiate if you're a leader between knowledge and skill. Mm -hmm. The capability is a blend of skill skills, knowledge, and talent. So talent is something you can't develop. It's just, you know, you know, this is where sports analogy is probably helpful or start playing or learning to play music. I mean, some people just have a talent, like, you know, for playing basketball, the ability to jump 35 inches in the yeah. air. I and mean, that's, that's, that's some people just, you're never going to jump that high or speed. It's just certain, certain things that are just God given, but there's skills that you can learn and knowledge that you need to develop. So those are things we work on as coaches. So knowledge gaps, it's, it's, it's important to 
delineate that and then let that, that needs to be a self-paced thing. So let the learner or the team member go, go get that information on their own, provide the resources for them, but they need to drive that. What you're practicing are the skills. So if you think again about discovery, so discovery is a blend of questioning and how do I respond to what the customer says and how do I fluently lead that process. But it's also knowing your, your discovery framework and what questions you want to ask. That's the knowledge piece. So they should work on the discovery framework and develop that, but then practice using those questions to lead a discovery meeting. So that's important to break those up when you're um, working at stage two. And you, and you can test for knowledge. And then, you know, I, I love what you've said on previous podcasts and we talk about a lot in, in our company is the desire piece on behalf of the rep, those that you are spending time coaching because mm -hmm. they desire to change and improve. Um, that all comes out of doing the work you give them to, you know, to develop their skills. I mean, if this is done right and we're a team and you're my manager and we both have the same goal for me, um, then I should be doing the work that you and I agree is what's going to help me develop and that desire comes through. And so test for the knowledge and develop the skills through practice like we've been talking exactly. about. Exactly. Very good. Well, and that leads us to the final stage or the, or the penultimate stage, I guess, because there is a final <laughs> stage. Um, you know, this idea of... Um, less support is needed. You know, what's our, we, we've got to finish. You kind of said it, I think is how you said it before. You've got to complete the, uh, yeah, this is where success way. stage three is where success fluctuates. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This, they're kind of, they're seeing some success and this is where it's easy to get complacent. Mm -hmm. I got this, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I, the last time I did it, it went well. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I got it. I next thing, you know, yeah. Uh, or I'm, as, a, as, a, as a leader, I observe and I think that I see that they did it well. The question you need to ask is, is it a habit? Is this yeah. a brick that's firmly cemented on the wall? Or as they say down in the South, cement it. Cement it. Well, and, I, and it used to be, I, I seem to remember years ago, people saying it takes 30 days to build a habit. I've seen data recently that it's as much as 66 days or 66 attempts to build a habit. Whatever you believe in there, it's more than a couple. <laughs> it's more, more than, than two a, or yeah. three, right? To yeah. build a habit. Shift. Think about where your toothbrush is right now yeah. and move it to another drawer. Yeah. It will take you at least three weeks before you go to the right drawer. I still do that with the spoons in my own kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's like you just go and see, and here's the thing. Until it's a habit, you're not going to do it on a call. You do what comes natural on a sales call. Yeah, that's true. You cannot be thinking. If you're thinking, as I remember my football coach used to say, don't think, react, uh, as he was screaming at me. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't know how to react. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, when, you're in the, when you're in the heat of the, the you know, dialogue, you, you're, you're just going to react. And so it has to be instinctual and it has to be a habit. So when we get to this stage three is that we have to, we have to stick with it until it becomes a habit. And I do think to answer your question, it, it's probably longer than 30 days. It yeah. really has to do with the time that you can allocate to coach. Yeah. Right. So if you're having very few touches with your reps, it's going to yeah. take longer because most likely they are not going to on their own develop the discovery capability. 
Well, it's a really good point. We've talked about this on, you know, when we talk to coaches and we talk to the reps, you know, and obviously we're, we're talking to both today, you know, it's, it's incumbent on both to want the time together so that the, so that there is the sounding board so that the rep does have that feedback that they can't see yeah. in themselves. Um, but it's also important that when your, your coach gives you some work to go do that, you go do it and that you really do try it because that's where, I mean, my, my baseball coach in high school used to say perfect, pra- perfect practice makes perfect, not yeah, practice exactly. makes perfect, perfect right. practice makes perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the more you do it right, the more that habit builds and the, the more bricks you get up on that wall and it's a solid wall and, you, and you've, you've got something you can uh, really work with. And I think what we're saying as we kind of transition toward the end here is work on one or two things, one thing at a time, really, you can't really work on multiple things, multiple skills. Um, you know, the days of a coach saying, go do these five things and come back and check in with me are really, that's not the, not, not the best way to, to, to build a skill. Yeah. You got to yeah, do it. Can, one you can check off some knowledge, knowledge gaps that way, but yeah. you can't really learn the cape, the, the, the capability. Um, you know, the major core capabilities of selling, but you're right. Yeah. They've got to practice. Um, and it's got, and if you're a rep and you're thinking about, you know, do you have it? Are you at that stage four where it's a habit? You know, that's only, you can, you can judge that. Yeah. You know, you can see if it's not a habit, stay with it and then move to the next kit. Once this is just, you feel like you got it now move to the next capability and work on one thing at a time. Uh, until again, that habit is, is formed. Now, uh, I know that you're going to work on other things because you, you know, you got a presentation coming up and you're, you're going to work on, you're going to work on build value because you got to present presentation, but you want to keep your main focus on your practice back to discovery yeah. and get that, get that checked off. And then, and then once you get those bricks on the wall, it gets, it gets really easy. And if you're, I remember a guy saying this at a, a conference I attended, he said, Hire hard, train tough, manage easy. Hmm. And that the problem is, is we, we onboard people. We never really train them. Yep. And then it's always a problem. And then we're running around, you know, like, and everything's on fire. You know, if you look at Covey's quadrants, you know, there's the, there's the important and urgent. There's the not urgent, but important. There's the, what is it? Im- not important and urgent and yeah. not important and not urgent. Which, <laughs> so, yeah, not important, not urgent. I'm not sure why that's. Yeah, yeah, the two of those quadrants you should just ignore. But yeah. it, you've got you've to spend time in quadrant two, which is the not urgent but important, which is what we're talking about here, coaching and developing. Yeah. Get out of quadrant one. Because if you want, if your hair is always on fire and you never get out of quadrant one and, and you spend time in quadrant two, you're never going to get out of quadrant one. It's just going to, you're going to be constantly in a frantic state. Spend time on the one capability, get that brick on the wall, go through these four stages, adjust your approach to each of these stages, and, and life will start to get easy until you get a new team member. <laughs> <laughs> and then but that's just the repeat. point. If, you, if you've got eight team members that never developed the capabilities, you've never onboarded them correctly, and then you get another team member, your life just keeps getting crazy. Yeah. And that's why we don't have – it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because we don't have time to coach because we never coach in the first place. Okay. I know before we leave the actual model, uh, do we have any time for questions from the audience today? I, 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 it's, yeah, just have them raise their hand. Let's see. Yeah. Somebody, I, 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 we did anticipate there could be a couple questions that might exist in the audience. You want to take a couple of those questions and then we'll, uh, I'd love, I'd love to I'd we'll love wrap to. up the day. All right. So let, let's start with this one. How long does it take to develop a capability where it is fluent 
and a habit. We kind of talked about 30 to 66 days, but like, what's your, what's your, you know, we won't say how many years, your unnatural number of years in selling <laughs> tell you is the right number. <laughs> I, I think if you, if you can really focus and work on it, I do think it's 30 days. Okay. I do think if you, if you can, if you can say, I'm going to focus on, stick with this, stick with the discovery example. If you can focus on discovery, you nail down your discovery roadmap and you work on it diligently for 30 days. I think it's, I think it's plausible that you can develop it in 30 days. I think 60 days to 90 days is more reasonable. Okay. Again, that doesn't mean you don't know how to sell. It just means you can, you've, you've really mastered it. And it's, it's just become so comfortable for you. Like discovery for me is super comfortable. Yeah. I know our business. I know the customer's business. I mean, yes, do I prep? Absolutely. But it just comes so natural to me. And so when, when um, a customer might want to put me in a situation where they're trying to get me to build value and, and, and our solution, I'm like, I don't, I can't do that. Let me tell you all the things I need to know about you before I can even make a relevant recommendation. And then I just can back it up and, and then that just becomes super easy for me. Yeah. Because that's been developed. So, um, so anyway, I think, I think 30 to 60 days, I think I would stick with our original answer. Yeah. But 30 is possible. Very good. All right. This, this call comes from Vinny in Queens. Vinny from Vinny. Queens wants to know <laughs> what are some of the top mistakes coaches make when developing their team? Well, and you know, this, this model um, kind of highlights the problem and it's probably, so we're probably repeating this a bit, but um, I think it's the sort of the pop gun approach to coaching yeah. versus this, it, they, they get confused between teaching and talking and showing and coaching. Coaching happens over time. It takes a while and so you've got to focus on one thing and develop it over time. I think that's probably the number one thing. I think the other gap we see or mistake that coaches make is they coach the wrong people. Yes. Like we're dragging them to the driving range and we're dragging them to the piano practice and we're dragging them to whatever, using obviously some analogies here, but um, if they don't skill, you know, de desire determines development. If they don't want to develop the skills, don't spend the time doing this. Yeah. Because you're wasting your time. Well, and so you're not, managing, not seeing the process that needs to happen and not, um, and coaching the wrong people. Well, and I was just going to say your fabulous new ebook called Quad Coaching get, digs into that uh, in a big way. And uh, it's a great resource for people to go read about, uh, especially the leaders out there, about time and uh, rep desire being those two uh, main barriers to coaching. Let's wrap up with one last question. Okay. It kind of is about time. What if I don't have time to coach? I just am limited. What should I do, Tom? Help me. Yeah, everybody says, everybody has this issue. Well, I don't have time to coach. or I've got mm -hmm. limited time to coach. How am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. The amount of time that you coach is less important than the consistency. Mm. Right. So if I'm working on, back to the discovery example, let's just keep chipping away over time. That doesn't mean you can't provide feedback on other areas, right? You can, it doesn't mean you can't say, here are some other things you need to remember 
or here's some other gaps I observed, or here's some other things you need to think about in, for your next sales call. But when we go to work and we talk, we, we, we design a developmental activity, we need to stay focused on one thing. So if we keep doing that over time, it will take longer if your touches are fewer and far between and your coaching sessions, meaning your coaching sessions are fewer and far between, it will take longer, but consistency is the key. We're going to keep working on this. Yeah. Every time we get together, we're going to focus on the same thing. And if, it, if only I see you once a month, we're going to get that brick on the wall. Yeah. 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 And you again, it's that, it's that. Thing, but then move to build value once you got discovery in place. Well, and I just think that the, the, sort of the uh, wrapper on this whole thing is that it really is a team. It's the teamwork that, that makes it go, right? It's it's the rep and the sales leader with the same goal in mind, which is the development of the rep because it improves right. everything, including the way the team performs and the results that end up on the wall. So Tom, this is a great topic. Do you have anything else to add for our just thirsty listeners? Thirsty. I'm not thirsty anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to say something to the sellers about that last question. Um, the reality is a lot of man. There's a lot on the manager's plate, and they don't have a ton of time to develop their team. It's sad but true. Um, and so, you know, they've got administrative issues. They got meetings are supposed to be on everybody, and everybody's busy. If I'm a seller, don't 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 depend on your manager to be successful. Yeah. If you decide, right? If you decide you want to be successful, you'll find a way. Find the people that will coach you. Find other sellers who are successful. Find mentors. There are people that can help you. Um, if the manager can't help you, don't use that as an excuse to, um, you know, inhibit your development. That's good. Own, 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 the, own your development. I was just going to say, oh, it's, it's up to you. Own your own development. The manager's there as a facilitator and a help, but uh, you own your own development. That's on the rep. Yeah. That's good. And I'll tell you, the reps that have been successful, the ones that I've worked with when I'm in sales management, they track me down. Right. They ask the tough questions. You can tell they want the information. Well, how does this work? I don't understand. Help me. And, and they get what they need. And then there's other reps are going, well, no one's really, no one's really pursuing me. And, and the customer's not pursuing them and the coaches are pursuing them. And then they're just not successful and it's everybody else's fault. Well, very good. He's Tom Stanfill. This is Sales with Aslan. We've enjoyed being with you. Please get out and subscribe, download the podcast. Make sure you get it to as many of your friends as you can. We want this out there for you. We hope it helps. And please feel free to drop a comment on LinkedIn and let us know what topics are helpful to you. We'd love to get those into the uh, rotation and, and get some uh, really relevant content out to you. And we will see you in another week on Sales with Adam.